0: Hey, friend, this is going to be a special episode of the Songwriter Theory podcast because we are doing something we have never done before in almost 250 episodes, and that is having a guest. We are having Reagan Ram of Orpheus Audio Academy on to talk about producing pro sounding recordings and music from home without actually breaking the bank, whether it's possible, how to do that, how to go about learning that. We're talking about all of that in today's conversation. So let's dive in to our conversation with Reagan Ram. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, who are you and also what is your Orpheus Audio Academy all about?
1: My name is Reagan Ram, and I own and I'm the founder of Orpheus Audio Academy, and that is just, the goal of that is just to help other home music producers produce better pro-quality music from home, and I dabble a little bit on the marketing side and also teach how to grow a fan base a little bit, but I've been trying to focus more on the production side of things. Yeah. So for people who don't know, like, what
0: what is music production? Because I know that sometimes that's a term that I think people are like, I don't know what that means. It's just a sort of black box that makes no sense to me. Uh, So I guess how would you define music production?
1: I would say it's kind of a catch-all term that covers songwriting, arrangement, and mixing on one term, I guess. Mm. Um, So if you're doing any one of those elements, I guess you're technically involved in music production. Um, so I kind of try to cover all those, but I probably more so focus on the, the, um, more so the mixing end of things. Probably I do a little Mm. bit of songwriting, um, education, but probably more so the mixing side is what I focus on. Mm.
0: So for people who don't know about that, how, how would you
1: describe mixing, I guess? So really it's just making sure you can hear everything in your song, all your instruments, all your parts. And so you want to make sure, um, primarily everything's well balanced, so that just means, like, volume-wise, you can hear everything, and it's clear. There's no obvious annoyances or pops or or cracks or anything like that. And everything is just clear, and you can hear it well, and it sounds good. It's all blended together, all different instruments. Because, right? It's if you've worked with raw recordings, right? You know, you record the audio. Right. This was kind of eye-opening to me back when I was completely brand new, because I knew nothing about music when I got started. Yeah. But it's like you would record something, and I'm like, hmm. That, why does that sound so different from like what I listened to on Pandora or Spotify or whatever? Yeah. Like I thought you just record it and it sounds good, right? No, it's like there's all these other things you have to do to those raw recordings. And that's what mixing is. It's it's taking the the raw recordings and you're making them sound good. Now, in an ideal world, you know, you want to you record so well. You want to record your tracks so well that they almost sound a mix when they're recorded. I yeah. didn't have the know-how or the equipment uh, to do that back then, but... Right. If you have a good studio you're going to, you, then you can record your tracks in such a way that they almost sound mixed. And then you want to mix in such a way so that your production almost sounds like it's already mastered. And then, mm. of course, the mastering is the final step where you're making everything sound up, up to commercial quality levels. Hmm.
0: When it comes to mixing, especially for your sort of average person, average guy like me who's just, you know, maybe mixing a song at home, uh w- What are the big mistakes that you see people making over and over that that maybe you think are on the simpler side of, hey, this isn't a hard thing to fix. Concentrate on this first or steps that people skip just at a high level. What are some things that you just see over and over that are big mistakes or maybe some of the things early on for you that now in retrospect, you're like, man, if I only
1: knew that 10 years ago, I'd say a big thing is not properly um volume balancing and mm-hmm. like um le- gain leveling so this took me like this kind of i'm i'm mind blowing to me when i've figured this out but like you can put a plug in on something like say you put an eq or a compressor on a track and right you think it sounds better but what you might actually be doing is actually increasing volume right because if you mm-hmm. every time you want to work with an eq if you're boosting you're actually what are you doing you're boosting volume and to the human ear, when something is, sounds louder, it, we perceive it as being better. Mm. And so, you can think you're improving things, but you're actually maybe just making things louder. And if you across all your 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 whole track, all the different plugins you're using, you can then run into clipping and distortion because you can start distorting plugins, right? Because if you're doing a series of plugins, an EQ to a compressor to a reverb or something. Then you can start to clip those individual plugins as well, I and mean, you're getting distortion and all it messes up your audio. Mm. So that's a big thing, and just then you end up chasing your tail. Like, oh, this is too loud, so I'm going to turn this down, and all something else is too quiet, and you turn that up, and now that's too loud again or too quiet, and you're just kind of going in circles. So that's a big thing, and that also kind of dovetails into, I guess, I guess another big mistake is just not having a system in place mm. where you're kind of just like willy nilly going through and like, oh. I want to hear more of this or now that I'm going to turn that down and you just keep going in an endless loop and you're never finishing any mixes. <laughs> so ha- definitely having a step-by-step system that, you know, this is what I do first. This is what I do second. This is what I do third. That's how you can create consistent quality every time you go, just like any job or any artist, right? You you have a system when you're doing something so that you get the same results every time, right? If you yeah. go to a factory, right, they have machines that follow the same processes, every single time they don't mix it up every time no you won't get the same result yeah
0: that's a great point i'm a big fan of systematizing things i think sometimes we can over systematize and art stuff but but i think the the bigger thing that a lot of us fall into is under systematizing and being anti any form of rule or any time we're all like oh no i'm a creative uh but i I think it's a really good point that you know you gotta sometimes it's like no 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 no, a system can still help. Maybe you don't rigidly adhere to ex- the exact nuances right. of a system or have a super rigid one, but having one at all is almost always a, a good step. So f- for all the people that are right now thinking some version of like you mentioned, say, going into a studio and they're thinking, hey, I don't have money to spend on going into a studio or maybe they don't even think they have the money to be recording at home, uh, What would you say to people that think that, hey, I'm just a songwriter, I just write songs in my free time, I don't have the money for expensive, fancy recording equipment, Uh, do you think that's true, that premise, or or, uh, is it something where these days we can get great quality recording at home?
1: You can definitely get great quality recording at home with budget equipment, that's all I have. Um, I don't even have any acoustic treatment in my, this is my studio here, which doubles as my office. Mm. I only have spare mattresses up for a little bit of acoustic dampening. Cause without them, yeah. there's just a, a horrible echo in this room, but I don't, I don't have a uh, huge budget to invest and I have budget interface and all the microphones I have are budget. Um, actually this microphone I actually got for free. <laughs> um, that's a perk. That's a real budget. A Mike. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you can make do with what you have in in this day and age. The budget stuff is really, really high quality. So um, the difference between like budget equipment and like pro equipment might be like you can get five percent better or maybe ten percent better with the pro stuff. But most people don't really notice that. So yeah. um, you might have to do a little bit more work in the mixing side of things. Like maybe you need to put a little high shelf on your vocals or something. Whereas if you had a really nice quality mic and you're recording in a vocal booth, you might not have to do very much. Um, But otherwise, you can still get really high-quality music just with budget equipment from home. Uh, So if you're just a songwriter and you want to actually start recording your music and getting music out there in the world for other people to hear, then it definitely makes a lot more – and budget is a problem, then it's way cheaper to record it and mix it yourself than to go to a studio and pay someone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Admittedly, that was a bit of a leading question because I figured that would be your answer. And and for me, too, I mean, the whole first album that I did with uh, my band back in the day – was on it was in a dorm room which if you've ever been in a dorm room talk about unideal circumstances we mm. had it in like a closet little makeshift vocal booth we figured out how to record as many instruments direct line in as possible uh so like for guitars and stuff and figured out a way to make like amplitude actually sound good and we probably recorded the whole thing with a 200 hundred dollar mic and then direct line in to an interface that was another hundred fifty bucks. Uh, and then, you know, some cables. So maybe mm-hmm. four hundred, five hundred bucks tops for this whole studio. And it came out it, it it came out pretty good. There's certainly mistakes we made for sure. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean these days, for anybody listening, both of us are telling you, if that's what you think your blocker is, it almost certainly is not your blocker. Uh you can get great quality recording at home for less than you think. So, yeah,
1: I mean, if I could just, yeah, yeah. follow up with that, to that story. I have a similar story, which even, like, before we even went to audio engineering school, mm. um, I recorded a band just using a laptop yep. and a $100 interface, $100 microphone. Nice. And so we couldn't even, I couldn't even, and they were like, um, singers mostly it's like, mm-hmm. they like they have up to like five different singers oh, wow. ideally you would record all of them at the same time because they feed off each other mm-hmm. um, but i only had the one microphone so i had to record them one at a time and we did that whole album in three days and we ended up wow. selling they ended up selling like hundreds of copies of that and today i look back I'm like that sounds horrible i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> but with it wasn't the equipment that was the problem it was me not knowing what i was doing yeah um, but the best part of that was i ended up uh, marrying one of those uh, girls that was one of those singers. so that's Really? How up, uh, knowing, <laughs> <laughs> meeting that's my wife awesome. and knowing I wanted to marry her. So that was a nice plus.
0: That's awesome. So basically what I hear you saying is if you're single, learn how to record and mix and you will find the love of your life. Is that exactly. is that correct? <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong doing that. Yeah. So I know you
1: Take also... <laughs>
0: so no you also do songwriting and uh so so what is your overall workflow for you're sitting down and you know you want to make a song you want to produce a song right which means that at the end of the day you're going to have a recording of a song uh but you also haven't written a song yet so what is sort of your process from idea to you know you don't have to go all the way through mixing but at least say a recorded song uh what does that look like for you
1: usually It it I change it. I try to mix it up. I try to start writing a song different ways. With a lot of different ways, I start. Sometimes it's just with the chords, or maybe I just find a really cool sound that I like and I play a little riff Mm, or something. I love that one. Um, I like um, the way uh, Adam Young of Al City. He he said that in the past when he would start his songs, he would start with what he calls like a motor, which is like a little arp sound or a little like arpeggiated sequence, and he would continue that through. All the way through his songs uh, huh. i don't know if he still does that i was i was a bigger fan of al city back before he went really big um but anyway i thought that was a really cool way just kind of like starting with a little what he calls a motor because it kind of is what he attaches everything through and it continues through the whole song um so that's another yeah. th- some things i do sometimes especially with the kind of music i make where there's a lot of arpeggiated like synth sounds um sometimes i'll start with a melody not so much uh usually i need to kind of hear like a uh, track before I, the melody comes to me um, but that's something actually i want to do more of is create more different ways of starting a song. So I feel like that helps expand your creativity and help you get more ideas when you're not doing everything the same way every time. Um, sure. probably the, the most common thing I do is I start out with a chord progression and then build mm-hmm. from there.
0: Nice. And, and as you're writing a, a song, uh, do you find, it sounds like, let, let's say you, you started with an arpeggiator, right? Let's just use that as an example. Do you find that you... Write that one arpeggiator part for the whole song, and then you go to your next instrument part, or do you find yourself often sort of just building out one section of the song and then sort of moving over almost almost saying that like you've arranged a part of your song before you actually finished writing the whole song mm-hmm. if that makes sense
1: yeah uh, I typically will write sections of a song, so I'll typically mm-hmm. like write the verse, and then the chorus and then the bridge, and then I'll, of course, like copy the verses and copy the, the choruses, and then I would definitely change things up so it's not completely copied and pasted. Sometimes I'll like do the chords for all the sections first and then build from there, so I'll do the chords for um, the verses, the chords for the chorus, the bridge, any pre-choruses, et cetera. and then I'll build up from there, doing bass, and then drums, and then build up, or from the bottom up, building out the track. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: So, something that I've I've come across is I, I used to write a, songs in a very traditional songwriter way, which is like grab your guitar, or the piano, you know.
1: I come can't play instruments. So probably should have mentioned that I'm be burying <laughs> the lead, so I can't play an instrument. So that factors in because I can't just play something. I have to kind of get into my Daw and kind of start programming things to get ideas.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I might have a follow up on the not playing an instrument part, but. I found that for a while, I I was sort of committed to this idea of writing a song where like it's me alone with my guitar or me alone with my piano. And I'd finish the song before I even thought about recording. So with that first album that I mentioned with with my band back in the day, those were all fully written songs that I wrote before we recorded a single thing. But I found that now my favorite type of songwriting is actually what I call producer style songwriting, which sounds like it's basically what you do, where it's like, no, no, no. As I'm writing the song, I'm recording the song. So there will be times where I still don't know what the lyrics are about or what the song is about, but I've developed the arrangement. So the arrangement of the song, depending on the instrumentation I use, actually influences what the lyrics end up being about in a way that I never would have that if I just mm-hmm. came up with the guitar part or the piano part. So so do you find that often it, it's easier for you to come up with sort of maybe what a lyric might be about because of just the basic chord progression and melody or is it something where you feel that the sounds of the song often influence the direction of the song oh, yeah. or how do you think through that
1: for sure yeah I, I usually start yeah there's it's very rare that i start with like the lyrics first i usually always start with the music first and then the feel of the song sometimes I even start with the title first and then yeah the, that, that can influence the sounds i use um or yeah, the other sounds the sound of the song itself influences the lyrics and the title that i choose yeah. And so so on the instrument thing. So
0: let's say there's somebody listening who doesn't play an instrument. I know there are definitely some people who uh, have emailed me about how they don't really play an instrument. So what would your advice be to somebody who doesn't know how to play an instrument? And maybe they're not interested in learning how to play an instrument. Or maybe they just they just want to get songwriting now. And eventually, yes, they want to learn an instrument but for right now they don't want to have to like take a year of guitar lessons before they start songwriting what would be your advice to them specifically about
1: how to get started with songwriting definitely be to learn some like basic music theory because i would not I there's very i would say i'm not i'm very much a beginner when it comes to music theory man after my own so, heart <laughs> so if you, yeah, you want to learn more about music theory then definitely check out some of joseph's other videos i know he has a really great uh um Song music theory uh, checklist or ch- uh, guide that you should check out too. But uh shameless I know plug, a, a little yes. bit. <laughs> oh, it's not yeah. shameless if I'm doing it. Oh, that's so, fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, I got started like just watching like a YouTube video and like, oh, so the way you can make major chords is you have the the root note. So say it's key of c which is my favorite key to write in yeah it's <laughs> all the
0: white yeah pro keys. tip write in the key of c if you don't know much yeah. music theory
1: yes i also discovered on my own just playing all the black keys sounding good this is how i started yeah. i didn't even know what an a was on the keyboard i noticed what the note really were. I just started randomly dude. punching notes on a MIDI keyboard until I found stuff that sounded good together I started. <laughs> uh, Wasn't that excruciating? So I remember like, those yeah. days excruciating. So then I'm like, all the black keys sound good I'm gonna play all the <laughs> black keys even yeah. black key that is. Um, And like, then you're really
0: confused when you like watch a piano player And it's like, they're playing white keys and black keys in
1: the same song? But I know I, I just thought, it, I've never made that work How does that work? Yeah yeah. Yeah. And then, then I would found like an online tool called like auto where it can like generate chord progressions and tells you what the, what the chords are and the notes are in the scale. So yeah. that was helpful. Um, but then, yeah, like I learned like if, uh, to make like a major chord, you'd count up four or you go, you go up like seven notes. Yep. Um, and then you count up four from the, the root note for the uh. major or three for the minor. Yep. So I use that all the time that, and then yep. just kind of little stuff like that, learning what notes are in the, the scale or i'll use like in my doc because i don't have a memorized i'll pull up the um transposer tool or the pitch corrector tool mm. and i'll set what the key of my song is and it will highlight all the ah. notes that are in that, that key and i'm like <laughs> that, okay I'll all the notes i can use yeah uh, and then yeah i'll just like punch away on my keyboard to create melodies or uh or i'll just draw in the chords with uh my mouse um sometimes i'll try and play them a little bit um so yeah i guess that's how i go go about do- doing things
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point, too, about like between the C major and then also the I I, I feel like sometimes I I don't think about the element of if you're going to write in a specific key, you don't necessarily need to know how we came up with what notes are in that key. So let's say you're writing a song in D major. I think it's helpful if you understand the underlying principles as to why D major has a C sharp and an F sharp and the rest of it is naturals. Um, but when you're actually writing a song, why it why it has the notes it has is really kind of irrelevant. All you really need to know is what are the notes I have for this song? Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a good point that uh I, I probably lose tra- track of because I kind of take that, that element for granted.
1: Yeah, like, a little it's bit almost now. like paint by numbers a little bit because it's like if you're it's like mm. you pick a scale and you're like okay, so these are my, it's like a painting like here are my colors I'm going to use for this or mm-hmm. in the case of music, sure. here, here are the notes. And yes. any if so, I can punch any of these notes together, they're going to sound good. So I'm like, yeah, use these notes. That's like, that's kind of what I do. Yeah, It's it, a very it, primitive, very primitive way of
0: songwriting. Two really great points in there. One is uh, for, first of all, for anybody, because a lot of people don't understand that they'll they'll be like anti-music theory and they don't even know what music theory is because some of those people will know like, oh, yeah, I know the C major scale on the guitar. Like, OK, so, you know, some music theory and you know that that's useful because like scales are keys, basically, For for those who don't know um where where you know when i say c major the the scale of c major and the key of c major is the same now scale sort of implies that you're going up one note at a time but fundamentally if you know your c major scale or your a minor scale or whatever it might be then you know the key or the notes in that key because they're the exact same um so and then i think there's another great point that now, (laughs)
1: now i just totally forgot what it was um But take your word for it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say, I don't necessarily recommend doing it the way I do it. Like I want to get better at music theory. I want to get better at songwriting. I want to learn an instrument. Um, but given the current time constraints that I have, uh, I'm, I'm still able to write music. I'm still able to write a lot of music. Uh, and so you can definitely write music too. And don't feel like you have to have all these other skills in place first Just start where you're at and then improve from there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. That's something I'm, I'm sort of pivoting to. I feel like sometimes people get the impression that I would say that you shouldn't even start songwriting until you learn basic music theory. It's like, no, no, no. Start with where you're at. I think it's going it to help you good, a
1: ton. That's all. It, does it sound good or does it sound bad? Yeah. So, Yeah. I Exactly. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I I think a good way to think
0: of it, too, is it's breaking down limitations because can you write songs without knowing any music theory? Yeah, absolutely. Can you write great songs without knowing music theory? Absolutely. Is it going to help you become less limited as a songwriter if you learn music theory? Also, absolutely. Um, So it's important. Yeah. Just get started now. No matter where you are, if you're crawling and you know almost nothing about songwriting, go ahead, borrow a stock chord progression. Um, but, but you know, as you grow, eventually you're probably going to get sick of the same stock chord progressions and things that are going to be helpful are actually learning music theory. And even some of what you said, right, is is some level of music theory. You might not know why all the white mm-hmm. keys of the keyboard sound good together, uh, being C major or A minor. But you still understood that when you're writing a song in C major, you understood the notes you have, which is not half the battle, but it's a large portion of the battle that uh, sometimes, you know, the overwhelm comes from people who don't even they don't even know that. They just look at a keyboard and they're like, now what?
1: Yeah, I've worked with other artists or my wife. She's really great. She's like won piano competitions and taught piano for a long time. So a lot of times they'll look at what I'm doing and like, oh that's a a this or that and they'll like use some term i don't even know that's like a music (laughs) theory term like oh yeah i meant to do that yeah (laughs) uh (laughs) calculated i don't know if that works i'm like oh yeah i guess not (laughs) i don't know uh, yeah a lot of the terms but you still are using music theory i guess music theory kind of describes what's already been written yeah um and then definitely yeah like we just did a interview for my channel and you shared a lot of things about music theory that can really help you create more interesting songs that hold people's attention and uh, balance out that tension and release stuff that I definitely want to use now that I've, I've learned that so it definitely can help you write better songs knowing that theory yeah for sure
0: so if somebody wants to get started they're like all right well actually no first first a question do you think every songwriter should
1: be recording their music I would say no, you don't have to. Um, I would say everyone should at least do it a few times. At least know Mm. what's all involved in recording and mixing a song. Because this was a big thing um, that we ran into. So when I went to audio engineering school, um, it was kind of half college, because right it was an accredited university, you get college credit, graduate, get a diploma, all that. yeah um, But okay. it was also an actual commercial working recording studio. And so mm-hmm. part of our education, it was really, it was college, but also like an apprenticeship. And so um, the, our instructor was also the owner of the studio, the one who built it, who had actual clients. And so as students, we got to actually record bands, real bands that came in and mix songs. And so part of that was a lot of times you had to have the artists there and they would really not know what you're doing or they would ask stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, also, right. How do you like, there's, you know, sadly there's some people out there that are bad actors, but how do you know that if you don't know what goes into recording and mixing, how do you know that they're not ripping you off and saying, it's, ta- it's taking me all this time. Or I'm doing all this or that, uh, or if they're even doing a good job. So I, I would definitely say have some experience with it just so you know what the process is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then decide, right which direction do you want to go in, right? If you have money mm. and you can afford to hire someone to record and, and mix your music, then maybe you just want to focus on songwriting. Mm. Um, if you don't have that budget, um, then maybe learn to do it yourself. Also, what are you interested in, right? For me, I'm really like mixing. It's really fun. Uh, I can get lost in it. It's something I really love doing. So if you really love the mixing and the production side of things, um, then definitely pursue that. Cause you do have a little bit more control than with, when you're working with someone else, because you're getting, Ideas and their input, which can also be good, too. So you of, I guess, knowing the pros and cons of each option and then deciding what's best for you and what you want to choose to go with. Yeah. And for
0: people who have listened to me before, they know I'm a huge proponent of recording music. I think I did whole episodes about like it's a great way to kind of preserve a, a, a legacy even where it's like, man, uh, a story I told was how uh, my my grandfather, I'll never even remember the sound of his voice because he had his voice box taken out because of cancer when he when I was like five. And I don't think there's any video recordings of him or I have a friend who his his daddy keeps begging him. Just just record on your phone, even just a video of you playing the guitar. So I have something uh, when you're gone. I don't know if he says that part, but
1: that's the under <laughs> the under the underlying thing. So, yeah, in that case, yeah, in that case, if you're just an amateur just you just play music for fun i would yeah definitely record i would definitely recommend everyone records in that in that sense just uh yeah you can have a record for yourself or family members whatever Yeah, and that'd be really nice to have yeah for sure so that
0: that's a part of why a part of why you're on here is i i, I want people to be convinced that cuz i think a lot of people are really daunted by the the whole idea of recording they think it's it's just this okay. this mystical black box that's just super hard they could never do it and, and you know we, we all can talk ourselves into the idea that oh i could never do x right we all do that right whether it's maybe you or i said that about like oh i could never teach something online or we've all been there right imposter syndrome's mm-hmm. real
1: yeah so- i was more speaking as to like recording artists, people are serious about oh, mm-hmm. being an artist. No, if you're gonna be an artist, you don't have to do everything yourself. But yeah, oh, if you're sure. just a songwriter and you do it for fun, it's a hobby. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely you, you not only can not only can you record, but I'd say yeah, you should definitely record. Yeah. And and and
0: how 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 difficult do you think it is for them to just learn the basics of recording at home with budget equipment? and mixing is this a thing where like it's going to take them years before they come up with anything good is it something where they'll be pretty happy with what they come up with pretty pretty soon after if they go to channels like yours and and learn a little bit about mixing and recording and things like that what would you say to people who are just sort of
1: not sure definitely yeah it definitely takes some time and work but not it doesn't have to take years and years and years, and you can actually make a lot of progress very quickly, especially on like the recording end of things. There's really only so much you can do. Um, or you can look up best practices for for miking, so you're gonna mic a guitar. How do you want to set up your mics? right? Maybe you only have one microphone that makes it simple too, right? Hmm. Where, and then for sure you just I mean, there's different you can watch tutorials like how do you mic a guitar, or even better, you just put some headphones on and you monitor the mic as you're playing your guitar. And see what sound are you going for what do you want if you put it more you know towards the hole you're going to have more a deeper boomier sound and if you have it up towards the, the fretboard then you're going to get more of a twangier brighter sound so and you just move it around and see how does it sound what do you like um yeah. right and then you if you want if you have more mics you can get a little bit more complicated um but you don't have to do that you can still get really good sound and then it, also, if you're using a lot of like virtual instruments, there's so many amazing samples out there sample libraries and virtual mm. instruments where you can barely even tell a difference. Um, for example, again, going back to when I was uh, working, you know, learning at that recording studio, um, my uh, instructor, he recorded some really big artists, some really big piano players. And uh, like mm. Dave Brubrek is one of them. And he didn't have an actual piano in the studio, he just used a sample library and a MIDI keyboard that had weighted keys and everything so it felt like playing a real piano but you can't really tell the difference now because of how good sample libraries are and everything so um actually no for dave brubeck they did bring in the piano uh i just remember that now but (laughs) otherwise for him they made an exception for him but otherwise they didn't do that um so if you're using that then you're taking almost recording all the way out if you're using synths or samples then you're already getting like really highly recorded stuff. So it already sounds really good. And so then you move into the mixing side of things. And again, if you're following a system, um, then it's just a matter of just practicing that system. And the more you practice it, the better you get, the more you train your ears to um, be a critical listener and hear what you need to hear to make those decisions. And you can get really good really fast. Um, I'm a big proponent of the 80-20 rule, Mm. where basically... 20% 20% of your efforts can produce 80% of your results. And so if you think of all the different information out there, it sounds, seems so overwhelming. It seems like there's too much that you need to learn and master to get good. Really there's just like 20% of things you need to get good at. That'll get you 80% of the way there. And 80% is going to sound really good. It's going to sound better than any amateur out there. It's going to sound, might not sound quite as good as what you hear on Spotify or, um, you know, the radio. But it's going to be pretty close, and a lot of people might not even be able to tell a difference. And so then getting from like 80% to 90% to 100% where it's like Grammy level, that's going to take more time. That's going to take more practice, maybe investing in some better gear. But pretty quickly, you can get to 80% and be really good at recording and mixing, I think.
0: Nice. And uh, Bertie tells me you may or may not have a free guide or checklist that will uh, help people on the mixing side of things. If if there's somebody out there that's like, all right, Joseph has been talking for the longest time about record your songs. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can do it at home. It's a part of your legacy. You can leave it for your children. They'll appreciate it someday. Or maybe they'll appreciate it today or your parents, depending on how old you are. You might not have kids yet. Uh, so I hear you have a, a, a checklist specifically for helping them with mixing, which I think is way harder than recording because recording, you can kind of trust your ear, but to me, mixing is the part where it's less intuitive and you really need a guide.
1: Right. So yeah, I've been talking about having a system. Well, that's what the checklist for. You can go to Orpheus audio Academy.com slash mixing checklist and that will walk you through a proven mixing system that i and a lot of other producers use tells you what to do first second third and fourth and so on and if you just follow that system then you can produce consistent results in the beginning maybe those consistent results are consistently bad results right because you still have to learn how to use the tools that i talk about you have to train your ears to know what to listen for because that was a big eye-opening thing to me when i was learning from Mm. again that master who owned that commercial recordings studio i I actually done interviews with him on my channel he's just he's probably forgotten more about mixing and music production than i'll ever learn um because he's been doing it for so long since like the late 70s um but like we'll be working on a song and he'll be like you hear this and in this certain frequency range i'm like I didn't hear that until you mentioned it. So part of that is just learning and training your ears over time. But having that system, at least you would know what to practice. Now you have steps that you can practice. And if you follow that system, you'll get better and better and actually be able to produce pro quality music from home.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. So be sure to check that out. And Reagan, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully this is helpful to all of you. I know that I certainly learned something, so I'm sure the rest of you did too. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks for having me. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Reagan. If so, good news. We are actually going to be live streaming together in a couple of weeks. So if you have any specific questions for him, be sure to email him or me or just come to the live stream prepared with your questions and he will be sure to answer them live. And of course, if you have questions for me to answer live, I will also be answering questions as well. We're excited for the live stream and hopefully you are as well. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you and I will talk to you in the next one.